A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's hand Liverpool the title and relegate Fulham. It's the end of game week three. <laughs> Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday, the 29th of September. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I am Pete Donaldson. Luke Moore already on his phone. Sorry, yeah. mate. Is our chat that he's, stinking? He's left his microphone. He's, 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 he's disavowing his Nalgene bottle of, of the promise of a lid just to make me happy. Will the slander ever end? <laughs> I was just moving my phone over there, so I was Why? out of the way. You'd get distracted. I is that libel, actually? Sorry. Might be, yeah. Because it's recorded. It's neither, is it really? That's <laughs> neither. I've got no reputation to maintain, so it's probably neither. I, I know, me and you were both in a Zoom meeting yesterday, Luke, and I noticed that you were tweeting in the middle of it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that, hang on, that was a quarter to three. We were on a meeting there. Only That's such a low blow. One thing I would say is I was only tweeting in Pete's bits. <laughs> really Pete, relevant Pete, stuff. Pete was probably talking, yeah. <laughs> really? Dad, logged, Dad logged off. That tweet banged, by the way. Did it? It did about 2,000 likes. What was the so. tweet? What? You've never done well, 2,000 I'll tell you what it was. It was you know no I'm you know I'm old now. No, I'm like officially old now. Yeah. yeah, and I also just wanted to say thank you for being 40. You, you actually mm. said that sincerely earlier today. Yeah, so, I yeah. mean it. I've, yeah. It makes me feel mm. pretty good. So so I I've, I'm now one of these people who can do the old man yells at clouds. Yeah, thing. I can really I can really lean into it. So people just think of, yeah, people just think of me as like mm. some kind of horrendous like Brexit gammon, mm. and I can say whatever I want. It's really freeing. Well, like, you look like the actor who is a very Brexit gammon. Kind <laughs> yes, of yes. again. He's also I think he's, he also might be older than me. Sadly, he's just, launched, wow. he's just launched a political party, but yeah. we don't have to mention his name. Cool. We mentioned him last time we were on together. Anyway, you're le- yeah. yelling at Pete clouds. mentions him every time he sees me. Doesn't oh, he? I see. So anyway, I I saw a, a tweet that someone posted pretending, but essentially. Um, proclaiming to be some kind of tactical judge oh, or yes. expert on Twitter. 
right? And they, they basically have the Twitter account where they put video up and they talk, they tactically analyse it, oh, right? Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Whatever whatever people mm. are interested in, that's absolutely fine. Um, and they posted a really earnest post about how these two world-class talents are on the same wavelength and how it was amazing how to see them link, link up this way. Uh, yeah. And it was basically just a one-two in a football so match. One-two. And I just thought, you know what? We used to do those in the under-14s and we that used to practice them and they used to work. So I'm not having that. So I, so I stepped into it. I, I, I put my head above the parapet uh, and, uh, and... it banged. It did bang. I got mm. a lot of stick back, but that's, that's the way it goes. I, yeah. did an, I did actually see it and I thought that's not worth a like. <laughs> Mason. Thing is, though, even if you click likes nowadays, people can see your likes. I remember yeah. uh, back yeah. in the day when they started doing that, people started noticing that Ian Wright used to uh, like a lot of pornography. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> it's brilliant. The um, the way that, um, that, that that MP as well also um, did a tweet saying, um, "Why are why are why are they why are every website I go to is the filthy internet serving me up pornographic adverts?" And then someone replies, "Clock in the corner." It's based on your browser <laughs> history, mate. Uh, anyway, Kate, we've got a cock in the corner as well. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> we haven't. We haven't. Yeah, no. Luke and, Luke we haven't. We've Luke sent... And, I was going to say, Luke and Pete back on with Kate Mason. Oh, yeah, it's great. lovely. It's, you, you played the role of the substitute teacher? I find that really quite offensive. You actually. said that to me earlier. No, I didn't say it. Someone else said it to me and I said, I find that quite offensive. And you said, no, you're a teacher, not a substitute teacher. <laughs> and I cried. And that's, why we're, and that's why we're late recording this mm. little peek behind the scenes, everybody. Let's yeah. talk about the champions yeah. of 2020-21. It's Liverpool 3, Arsenal 1, a goal on his debut as a substitute for Diogo Jota and Andy Robertson helpfully contributing... Mm. Two goals, just one for each side. You're saying the champ is of 2020, 21 already. Mm. Oh, just, that's a big shout. That. Just my little joke, Luke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you do need to signpost that. This is going to be very tricky for me. It's like a minefield. <laughs> it's just, that's a reference to this whole ludicrous, like, you know, we have to, oh, the table. So and so is top of the table. It's like, yeah. there's been three games. Yeah. It's, a, it's a long, <laughs> long, long way to go. I, I remember when Graham Souness, I think it was, when he was a Liverpool manager, said, don't look at the table till Christmas. And then I was like, oh, that's really, that's interesting, actually. And then I think he might have said it again as Newcastle manager. <laughs> Liverpool, like, you ain't going to make it till Christmas. No, <laughs> you'll be out, mate. You will be out. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty interesting game. But I thought it was an interesting game chiefly because of another handball <laughs> of, of, of Roy Keane and Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, to be to be honest, that was the gold nugget we wanted on this show ahead of the, ahead of today's record, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> well, pretty much in every um, post match, uh, Klopp was just flattering every um, team that they've come across. Uh, your Leeds and, and your mm. Arsenal, Arsenal are in hundred percent form. They're brilliant. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, because <laughs> I think he's trying to sort of drum up this kind of a little bit of siege mentality. Come on, lads, let's keep on going. We've got like you always say, like Alex Ferguson said, it's it's the hardest thing to do uh, to retain yeah. uh, a championship once you've won it. And he is trying to foster this them versus us kind of. They think we can't do it. They are criticising our defensive line. Yeah. They're doing this. They're doing that. And the media hates us. Blah blah blah. Um, we're gonna win this uh, we're going to win this primary we're going to win this election when, when you <laughs> try and stop us also when you think of baseball capped managers automatically you think Tony Poulis but at some point yeah. that, that, that's going to be breached and it's, you're going to start thinking mm. of Jurgen Klopp yeah. I wonder when that's going to be because he's always wearing a baseball cap no he because is, the yeah. difference with Tony Poulis I would say is that he's unrecognisable without a yeah. baseball cap he looks like right. an entirely it's different like, person he looks like a church yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas, whereas Jurgen Klopp he sort of with or without. For just... now, though, for now, mm. he might become so synonymous with it that he becomes the standard bearer for the baseball cap. Does Does Klopp have like a room full of different baseball caps, like Sean Lamiobi did on that Cribs time? Like, you remember <laughs> when they just did Cribs and he just had a room full of caps? Baseball. And he also called the police because he thought he'd been robbed, and it turned out <laughs> his house was really messy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, man, We've all I been there. Yeah. Um, on, on the Keen v. Klopp thing, I think the joy and satisfaction that Roy Keane got out of that was palpable. I, I think yeah. he really enjoyed... Really? Yeah. I thought he was a bit scared. No way. way. It was no a way. bit, it was like, a bit no. Shearer taking a swing at uh, Alan Shearer for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And Shearer not flinching. Yeah. It was enjoyable. But I think I think that kind of got him a bit tumescent. Yeah, he was a bit like I'm back. I'm back here. I'm back in there. I'm still. I'm still relevant. <laughs> but I also think I, I've long suspected, Kate. I've long suspected that Roy Keane's gone over the top about how much he's enjoying generally, not last night, but how much he's enjoyed how good Liverpool are because I think that he thinks it'll annoy Alex Ferguson. <laughs> and, 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 and that is really what he's all about. So I think that's why he... epoch-defining team. Yeah, I think, I think better than we ever did. I, th- I think that that's why he's done it. But, but last night, obviously, Klopp kind of bit back. But I felt like the, the glint in King's eye made it look like to me he actually did really enjoy it I don't, I don't think he was scared I, my, no. I personally I didn't think he was scared but yeah. it was just the way he was like no I, I've been praising you I've been praising yeah. you yeah. Uh, sorry did you say I was sloppy I've been praising you yeah. <laughs> but at the end he said he said, um, well, said you were cloppy. He's, a, he's, a bit, he's a bit sensitive isn't he imagine what it had been like if they had lost <laughs> Get the last word in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's always going to have the last word because yeah. he's in the studio. I don't care what the result of the divorce proceedings are as long as I get the last word. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was a good game. I felt like Arsenal felt looked to me like they've really Im- improved. And what I mean by that is, I know it sounds maybe a bit counterintuitive because they were beaten, but they don't look phased by this type of trip. We can't mm. we can't anymore under Arteta and we, and we can't forget... They rolled over constantly. Their record, of, yeah, their yeah. record away from home against those other big teams has mm. been absolutely horrendous. And... Um, um, I think you know there was a, there was a moment. I think it was at two one where Lacazette had a chance, the one where he yeah. wasn't offside, and that could have really that that that's the kind of moment those games hinge on. And he obviously missed the chance because Allison's presence is just ridiculous. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's said enough how big his presence is as a, as a goalkeeper, and and he and he obviously was able to save it, and that made it. Uh, for me, a bit of a key moment. But I, I'd have been encouraged if I was an Arsenal fan watching that. I know mm. they got beaten, but Liverpool are a good team, and I think they look a little bit of a different proposition these days. And and, the th- and at 3-1, I mean, the, the, the um, sorry, at 2-1, a goal was scored where, where a hand a hand was involved, you would say, mm. as oh, well. Oh, it was so a like, sort of chesty hand. Ooh. Well, I just think that... Chesty hand. Shall we just use hands from now on? It just <laughs> seems to be the, a but real do you th- problem. Do you think Jota handled it? Yeah, I think he did, yeah. I it wasn't really it was... looked at much, was it? No. Kind of glossed over. Well, Guendouzi was the only one who actually kind of put his hands and went, what the f***? What's yeah. going on? He's the, he's the boy who cried wolf. He minds about everything all the time. Uh, but, but, so, yeah. Do you think there was just handball fatigue? Yeah. yeah. I, Bloody hell. Else we got, oh, look, not, not, now. not doing any more of that. No. Forget it. You've had too We've much. We've had diagrams all weekend <laughs> yeah. about uh, bits of your body, what is and isn't. Mm. I feel like I know it now. Yeah, I do as well. I, like, I hate it, but I know it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, kind of like my ex-wife. Um, I'm a joker. I wasn't married before. I wasn't married before, Kate. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, the first goal in the game... Thanks for <laughs> The first goal in the game is um, is interesting as well because it's a goal of such poor quality that you, you, felt, a bit, you felt a bit like... Oh. I actually loved it. That's yeah. probably my highlight. It was so good. And also speaking of Alice at the way he's like clawing at it. Yeah, <laughs> the one man who can use his hands, for goodness sake. Like a pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Writhing on the ground. Yeah, and then Ro- Robertson did that kind of typical thing of a player of his quality where he'll just go, Do you know what? I've, I've messed up there, so I want to go score one. Yeah, he was a tiny bit hilarious in the post match where he was on about, like, he was like, Oh, yeah, but the thing was, I was able to put it behind me and then spoke about it for about, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> and he's probably still talking about it now. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's quite charismatic, uh, kind of post match interviewee, I think. Uh, yeah. Also. I think he's got, a, he's got a lovely accent. Lovely, charismatic I like, trap. I like I love, him a lot. I love that accent. I like, mm. I like listening to it. Great but, news. But um, yeah, overall, it was an enjoyable game to watch, wasn't it? It, it was felt. It felt like it wasn't quite played at the the intensity in the. I wonder if Liverpool have. I know they've 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 won 
you know, every league game so far this season. But they haven't looked um, as imperious as they have in, in the recent past. And there can be many, many reasons for that. Obviously, I've talked a bit about on, on the show last week, a bit about how I wonder if the lack of a crowd is, is mean. The players don't feel quite as inhibited in what they do. But some people have suggested that maybe it's a, a weird situation, real lack of pre-season. That means that maybe they're not quite as physically fit, which can lead to mental concentration issues. I, I don't see, I don't necessarily buy that because I think that they have had a, if you like, a really big gap where they were able to rest. I know it was different circumstances, but they were able to rest. Now they've gone straight through. I don't know if you should be seeing the fatigue just yet. I might feel like that will come a bit later on. No. I, but I, mental I, fatigue around that time, wasn't it? The, true, that is true. During the lockdown. And I think yeah. someone who certainly was demonstrating some mental fatigue was Hector Barron with his uh, <laughs> two foul throws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that sort of Liverpool's got a throwing coach? You don't... Who, 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 what the hell is this? Yeah, who famously won't work with any other Premier League I team. I think that's legitimate. Oh, really? I wow. like that. It's great. As a policy. He's yeah. been offered other jobs, but he won't take it. He's got them. some magic dust. Yeah. And he well, doesn't... Do you think that was Bearing going, this is how badly we need it? <laughs> <laughs> this is an emotional plea. Well, I think somebody worked out quite recently uh, that I think it's only, I think Europe wide, I think it's only 3% of corners are scored. Yeah, and so like the the importance of the corner is just. And we all get excited when when your team gets a corner, but the, it, it, it rarely happens that anyone puts it, it in the it, net. It just reminds me of a video that someone shared earlier this week. I think it might have been after Roy Delap's son scored for Manchester yes. City, maybe last week. That's still painful. But I know, yeah, I know. Uh, but but someone shared a video of Boaz Myhill in goal. It was against Stoke. It might have been when Boaz Myhill played for. I can't remember. He played for Hull, didn't he? he might have been someone else. But Boaz Myhill gets a pass back. And he's under pressure, mm. and it's amazing footage. You see him work out that if he puts the ball out for a throw, and Rory Delap's going to throw it in, so he just puts it out for a corner. I'm going to run around a corner. Magic. It's so, it's like, it's so yeah. flustered, isn't it? It's yeah. like, oh no, yeah. I have to react to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think of uh, Jota's uh, appearance, so to speak? Yeah. I think he's a good player. I think he's also got his best years ahead of him as well. I mm. think it was a pretty shrewd move for Liverpool to get him. They got him pretty quick, nipped in there. He obviously wanted to go. They were able to to agree a fee pretty quickly. I think he'd be a real asset to them. I, I think that um, also Liverpool are so good at their jobs without the ball that they are, given that we've just talked about with this kind of weird framing of the season, they are going to find that they need to freshen it up, particularly in the front three. Mm. If you look at um, Mane, Salah and Firmino, they all know their job so well. And I think Jamie Carragher did a really good job last night of pausing it when they didn't have the ball and looking at their positions. Mm. Like it, it goes underplayed in football coverage generally that even the top players only have the ball at their feet a fraction of the yeah. time. Yeah. And so yeah. as a result, if you've only got the ball at your feet 1% of the game, what you do in the other 99% is really even, important. Yeah. Mm. And Liverpool are brilliant at that. Yeah. 30 and, seconds and, or whatever it is. And, yeah, right. exactly. And if Jota can fit into that, then um, then great. I think I think it's a positive sign. And then they're doing the right thing with their strengthening in good areas while they're at the top, which the gives, them more, <laughs> yeah, gives them more leverage. Will yeah. Salah be all right with that? There was a little bit of a moment, wasn't there? <laughs> he you stole get, the ball from Jota. You get an yeah. opportunity. Well, because what happened was Jota missed one. Uh, Salah thought, I'm not letting you do that. I'm not again. letting no. you, you. You've had your chance. Mate. You've had your one chance. He's one of the few Premier League footballers yeah. who, who can just take a ball off someone and go, no, I'm, I'm going to no, take it round. If, if, you, listen, <laughs> if you listen to the um, audio, you actually heard him go, if anything, I'm doing you a favour. <laughs> I saw what happened last time. But, they, but their signings have kind of made really good starts. I think the, the slowest, the, the, the player that you sort of think signed for Newcastle, Newcastle, where'd that come from? Jesus <laughs> I mentioned Shola Miobi, I mentioned Alan Shearer, yeah. who had five minutes yeah. um, uh, for, for, for Liverpool. <laughs> God, imagine Newcastle for Liverpool. Uh, they, um, I think Minamino is the only player who hasn't 
really kind of hit the ground really, really running. Remember, but he's he's trying it's starting to squeeze into into the team now as he played in uh, in in the cup. Of the and week. he scored, didn't he? Yeah, he's got a couple of things. And we were felt sorry for him, didn't we, on the trophy presentation? We did because mm. he wasn't in it. friends yet. And no. then didn't Jordan Henderson grab him yeah. and be like, "Come on in, mate. come on in, mate. Captain material. Have a bit of my COVID. Captain yeah. material. <laughs> <laughs> Captain material. That's why. Um, I um and also that Liverpool were out Tiago as well, weren't they? Mm. So that's another another thing. Oh, and and one thing I should say, changing the subject slightly, is the boys made an emotional appeal yesterday to find a Richard Dunn non-goal. Mm. And it was found on social media, so people can check it out on that Football Ramble. Okay. Social, nice. I tell you what, the Ramble social media is pretty incredible. Like an I, army. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't mean coming from us. I mean the people around it. Yeah. It's really nice, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> They're the secret as to why any success we have had is down to them. And Pete. Yeah. Down to Pete, really. Yeah. Oh, Pete. Oh yeah, and you're yeah. We've been making some portraiture earlier because Pete leaves his laptop on its Side. ninety Side, degree yeah. axis. I, I mean, I need, I need to be ready if if a meme comes at me hard. I need to be it. able to receive it and deflect. Yeah, but yeah. you can't like Tiago, see it. I've got I've got yeah. I've got that. Take the meme past the meme. Take the meme. It's on the floor, the guys. Just picture it, and you won't have to because you mm. can follow the social media later. Mm. You, it's on the floor. He's got it on the floor. Yeah. on its side. Side. Yeah. Can be yeah. ready for any. You can't see anything. You need a humorous Photoshop about Andy Carroll. I'm there. Andy Carroll, third mention. Thank you. Yeah, and and um, Jesus, what? Thanks for not mentioning the weekend, though. I went. I once <laughs> went to Pete's um, house and he was using an iPad as a mouse mat. So that's well, the kind of man yeah. you're dealing it's with. It's not even a good yeah. mouse mat, Kate, Pete. What are you talking some about? Some people just want to see the world burn. And Pete yeah. Donaldson is one of those. Literally, it's like, it's with, glass. With, with garbage electronics. <laughs> yeah. I cannot understand that, Pete. It's at, glass, right? Yeah. So it doesn't. Well, the, the thing is, Kate, um, Luke, um, characteristically, has got it wrong. Uh, <laughs> and it was actually a MacBook Air, and I was using a MacBook Pro. That's right. He was using the MacBook Pro, and he was using the MacBook Air, Air as a mouse. Yes. Mat. That tells you everything you need to know about yeah. the man. And I was sat on a throne made out of it's, old uh, iMacs. His pathetic opulence <laughs> in a time of recession again. He's like a politician drinking champagne. I'm a one man saviour of the computing. Uh, yeah. Industry. Yeah, that is good of you, I guess. Yeah, yeah good point. <clears throat> anyway, well, I'm still processing that. Yeah, mm. and I think I will be probably for the rest for the rest of this show. So, should we move on to Fulham? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give our minds a bit of a rest, perhaps. They lost to Aston Villa three 0 at home. I don't think home matters anymore, but still, they lost three uh, 0 Jack Grealish got a hero hand. Tyrone Mings with the girls. The classic 5.45 Monday night kickoff at Craven Cottage. Enjoyable. Yeah. It's a weird thing to process that. Mm. Yeah. And, and Fulham, whichever way you slice it, aren't a very good team. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, dear. And your reaction to that, you know, part sympathetic, part patronising, is the reason they will not get out of that relegation zone all season. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. It's like they don't care. I mean... Well, did you see the tweet afterwards? The chairman's son, who's a vice, vice something or other, vice yeah. chairman probably. Mm. Yeah. Um, he was like apologising and yeah. and saying, "I apologise to Fulham, Tony Khan. I apologise to Fulham FC supporters for our performance tonight. We looked at centre backs. He explained basically why they haven't brought in any defensive cover." Um, I apologise repeatedly for that performance. I'm sorry, everybody. We need to do a better job. So, so is he talking about his own kind of like signings? Or yeah. He, oh, right, okay. Effectively, but also just the, the, the performance itself. I don't know. What do we make of that I, I felt, at this stage mm, in particular? I felt like they they were far too passive. They made mm. it far too easy for Aston Villa to score, particularly 
the third goal, they they concede at such a crucial time just after half time. I know it's a cliche, but if you're t- at two 0 the next goal is massive. People say two 0 is a dangerous. It didn't score. even feel like the next goal would be massive because they were because t- it was Fulham <laughs> no, that were two 0 down yeah. and it just didn't feel like anything. Because scored it about two minutes happen. after half time. You, yeah, right. you, you kind of want to give Villa credit because every single player on that on that pitch was was excellent, really really good. But why is that happening? Because Fulham just giving them space, the intensity just isn't there, the turnover just isn't there. They, yeah. they, you know, Watkins looked great. Grealish was Grealish was of course again in, in control and and this um, keep going with with I kind of Villa have kind of like. Um, Picked up where they left off at the, at the end of uh, last season. They've been season. in good form. Really, really good yeah, yeah. And so, like that, that'll be the bedrock that keeps them, keeps them the link, keeps them way more comfortable than they, they were last season. But Fulham just looks so slow and ponderous. Like Parker has said, that um, they will be passengers, and they look like passengers. Yeah, I don't actually think Villa necessarily will be that safe this season. I, I think they still might struggle. I think we, there's obviously a lot of football to be played. But you, you're right about Fulham, Pete. I, th- I think that that back three they played of, of Hector, Adoy, and Reem last night just know when they're good enough and and they made it far too easy for Aston Villa who showed a bit more nous and a bit more experience as you'd probably expect mm. but I mean it's hard to it's hard to know where Fulham go from here we talked last night in the WhatsApp group of um, of the of a management change which would be very difficult to do but we've seen this happen time and time again it's happened with the club I support Portsmouth you know when you hire a club legend and maybe it's a bit too much of a stretch to say Scott Parker's a club legend but he's certainly synonymous with the club emotionally it's very difficult to move beyond that person because you want to give them the benefit of the doubt so mm. the fans aren't going to turn on Scott Parker and in, weirdly in this current era we're, we're, we're living through it's not really going to matter because the fans <laughs> are at the stadium anyway so um, if they're anything like the, the fans of, of Portsmouth at the moment they're just hammering the Instagram over and over again <laughs> to get rid of the manager but I'm not sure the effect that's having so it's, it's a worrying time for them it seems it's not that long ago, for example, that someone like Tom Kearney was saying we were saying can't wait to see what he can do in the Premier League yeah. because he's been fantastic in the Championship last season. Again, great. Now, what's he doing? Well, maybe it's a bit too early to say. Maybe I'm being unfair, but so far the answer is absolutely. Mm. We well, came back in. He'd been subbed, right? So he came. Out, he st- was re- restored to the starting lineup, as we yeah. say. Mm. Um, and you'd thought you'd have thought that would help give them a bit more solidity. But it just didn't. I mean, afterwards, Scotty Parker said, "Little Scotty Parker, yeah, that's why Parker. it's hard. That's why I made the noise, isn't it?" He's in the McDonald's advert. He played for your team. He I played understand. for Spurs. I lo- yeah. yeah, I really liked him at Spurs as well. Yeah. He's he was that sort of. I mean, I know it's like a lazy thing to admire, but he's the sort of you know hardworking, like yeah. always at the races kind of a player. Anyway, uh, he said it's tough to f- effectively to fix the defensive frailties. I went with the back five today just to maybe give us a bit more solidity. Here we go. And it didn't work, obviously. I felt like it worked well in possession, but you can't be that fragile. Yeah, football's a funny game for that because you can flip to a back five and, and, and play in that way. But then you, if you're not careful, you give up the control of the midfield and you're getting real trouble. I mean, Vish talks on the, on the show quite a lot about Manchester United and the defenders they've got are only as good as the, as the shielding in front of them, which at the moment hasn't been mobile enough, hasn't been any good. So... What you can do if you're not careful when you play with a, 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 a five defenders like that, as they were with Tete and Brian, particularly without the ball, you can find yourself under a huge amount of pressure. And when you're playing with no confidence mm. and you don't feel like you've got goals in your team, it's difficult. And, and McGinn's, McGinn's only just come back after, after an um, ankle break. Big bonus for them. And, and he was imperious. He's he great. had such a good time. How he will uh, continue that form against other teams, I don't know, but he, he's like a new signing for them. I, I think the manager actually said that, in fact. Yeah, and, and, and Fulham, to me, it's a bit like, if we can get down the flanks into that area, we can put the ball in the box and Mitrovic might head the ball in. <laughs> but the, the reality is it could have been worse for, for Fulham because... 
Ollie Watkins delivered one of the most bizarre headers I've ever seen. <laughs> where like he completely malfunctioned, like yeah. a, a foot out from the ball hitting his head, <laughs> and it went back the other way. You remember like, all the handballs on the yeah. weekend? You're well, like, I'm not going near it. Yeah, like a seal. Yeah, and one, one of the things that doesn't happen enough, and, and I should have mentioned it in the Arsenal game, but I forgot, is that one of the goals Liverpool score. I think it might be the Jota one. It's when Louise heads the ball. Louis, David Louise, yeah, I've meant yeah. to say that he just. Tonks it towards Jota, which is helpful. I don't know why top players do that because you're never coached to defend like that with a header. You're defending. You're coached to head it back where it came from, yeah. or if worst worst case scenario, head it the other way because it's the same way goalkeepers when they parry. They always want to parry out to the left or the right. They don't want to parry straight because you're saying David Luiz did something not good. I think he's eccentric. I'm starting to pick up that he might be a little bit eccentric. And, 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 and Ollie Watkins, like, uh, he's, I think he's a really good player, Ollie Watkins. And I think that if he's given the right service, I know he didn't score last night, he can get amongst the goals definitely for Villa this season. He's definitely good enough. He's got all the tools. We should be positive. We should praise Villa a bit. Definitely. I think, actually, they because they, they were good and they have been good. And let's not forget, yeah. they're nearly at the top of this table that means yeah. so much at the moment. I think they might. Two games only, obviously. I think they might be there in, 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 in May. <laughs> What? No. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's uh, it's good to see Aston Villa doing well, and quite a few people have been saying actually. I think on um, maybe it was on the BBC podcast actually afterwards that they look like a team who've had a chance to dig in and and play a Premier League season and mm. get settled and not be sort of you know bammy rabbit in the headlights no. style performance. And also, let's not forget they've got the wonderful Emmy Martinez, who yeah. plenty of. Um, Arsenal fans would have liked to see stay at their club. They would have. I heard Arsenal fans, some of them at least, saying that um, they would prefer him to start the game. I don't think Bernardo's really been that convincing. And he certainly wasn't that convincing last night either, in my view. But it might be because he's being played up against Alisson, who is a ridiculous man in mm. every way. Yeah, apart from that, bit, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really his fault. But you can't really ask a goalkeeper to legislate for the idea that defender, who's brilliant, is going to mess up. And then the striker's going to mess up the finish, which means you're already going to have dived yeah. and you can't get up. It happened with De Gea, didn't it, with that Penenka penalty? Like Vishen, I think it was yesterday. Just stay on the ground. It's yeah. going in. Just stay on the ground. Yeah. You can't save the ball, but you could save your dignity. <laughs> and you're David De Gea. You need your dignity. So like you're saying, yeah, because if he'd actually struck it properly, Alisson... He saves it properly. Probably would have saved it. Well, a better it. chance of saving it. So it's actually extremely clever, that sort of, kind of. fluffy... Kind of. chess. Yeah, it's the kind of move that will see Alexandra Lacazette at Roma by the end of their transfer window. <laughs> That's what I think. I was downgraded from Roma. Apparently, yeah, I said Roma. I've gone too specific there, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what threw me. I was like, what do you know? Yeah, yeah, he has it's been, the transfer window still, mate. He has been linked. He has been linked with a move away. Yeah, okay. To, to Italy, I believe, yeah. So, hmm. Well. There we mm-hmm. go. I reckon they would have watched that last night and gone, oh, he's capable of that as well as <laughs> Chaos theory. Yeah. Oh, it's all 4 chess, isn't it? But you're mm. absolutely right. Okay, we have got, we need to consider that. We need to take a break. And then we're going to talk about the future of football. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Leeds was the most difficult away Chelsea come on Arsenal is flying in the moment eh? Aston Villa flying that's not a mistake that's just a curiosity of ball foot grass whatever <laughs> just a curiosity of ball foot grass whatever I like the box box the box, box 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 Klopp is, Klopp is on a, on a warpath. He's mm. on a rampage. He is. Siege. Curiosity of... Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. He's a poet. That's what Jürgen Klopp is. I often think it... Welcome back to the Football Ramble, guys. <laughs> good to have you with us. And good to have you emailing in. More to the bloody point. Show at footballramble.com. It's easy, is what it is. It's easy to remember. It's easy to store it in your little... Yeah. Less letters to type. Yeah. Or fewer. Fewer, thank yeah, you very exactly. much. Mm. We've read an email from Sondre Angard. Hello to you, Sondre, who says, with all this discussion about a penalty kick being too harsh a punishment in some cases, I suggest giving the referee the opportunity to award, in quotes, a soft penalty. Oh, soft penalty. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It sounds like the sort of penalty you get on um, Channel 4 after midnight. <laughs> um, with that voiceover you just done there. David Duchovny is soft penalty. <laughs> Here are a few examples, okay? Uh, David Duchovny, uh, no, I'm <laughs> a penalty is taken from further away. Oh, right. So like you have a, a one-man free kick, no wall. You have a secondary penalty spot, I suppose, Sondre yeah. suggesting there. Okay. Um, uh, the opposition is allowed two goalkeepers. I'm not sure about that one. It gets a bit faster. <laughs> I don't think that. that's helpful mm, either. No, no, I don't either. Impossible. Um, um, the opposition captain gets to choose the penalty taker. I like that. That's nice. So you, Keeper every time. Shoot. And, um, and, or um, it's a hockey penalty with a five-second head start on the chasing defender. So kind of like they used to do in MLS when it was nazzle, I think, back yeah. in the day, where you run from the from the, from the halfway line. That would be terrifically exciting, but I do sort of worry that um, just professional fouls all over the gap. Oh, yeah. Just pick the one player who hasn't had one. Yeah. And yeah, it's really quick. I, I wondered whether <laughs> a, um, a a slight change to the penalty rule could make it more interesting. I mean, completely apart from all this, mm. is maybe the person who wins the penalty has to take it. 
I, yeah, it, and that's something that should have been in place when I played at Wembley that time where I won a penalty and because I'm not very good at penalties, I gave it to some random block I never knew. Yeah. I never knew him. Yeah. Uh, and he took the penalty and I, I missed out on the chance to, to, to score Why'd at, you do at that? Wembley because I'm a bloody idiot. There's only one situation in which if I'd won a penalty at Wembley, someone else would have been taking it and that right. was me dying of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, anyway, Sandra carries on by saying a clear cut penalty where there is an obvious benefit from the foul to the defending team mm. should still be classed as a classic penalty but will now be called as David Duchovny would call it Pete a hard penalty right like hard lemonade yeah look like at a hoochie spot kick hard cider I think what's happening here though is we're getting in danger of trying to have really complicated ways of solving problems that are actually quite easy to solve if we just admit we were wrong and Luke, say change it back inject the penalty taker with a muscle relaxant <laughs> A, okay. floppy pe- a floppy pen or to be administered by the, um, the opposite captain yeah he's like a medically yeah. trained oh, he's not he's not even a vein yeah that's Alexander Mitrovic <laughs> <laughs> he's a mad scientist he's, he's put the needle right through my chest <laughs> Oh, God. Well, you know how there was this whole thing about messing up the penalty spot? Something to yeah. do with that. May, or maybe people could be like kicking their own penalties at you while you're trying to take Throwing it. vegetables at you. Throwing veg stocks, a sort of mm. stock set up. Yeah. Yeah. So so maybe like, you have um, players lined up on the right hand side of the penalty box and yeah. they're just kicking balls across like a wall of. Exactly. Like a wall it's of gonna balls. Conf- confuse the keeper. <laughs> You've got to get through the wall of ball. It's going to confuse the keeper. Yeah. This is turning into gladiator. <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I think if we're getting to a point now where penalties are off, off being awarded for things that are so soft, we're, we're trying to change how the penalties are taken. Night matches, lights off, gone, tops off. It might have gone too far. <laughs> Tops off? Well, I just added tops off for fun. Soft penalty. (laughs) When he's about to start the run-up, all the floodlights go out. (laughs) A glass ball. Smashing. Think, that might not make that much difference. The rose in it. That would make it easier for the penalty taker and harder for the goalkeeper. I oh, know. I've I thought about that halfway through, but yeah. I just stuck with it. Nice. I like yeah, that. Stuck just with it. Through to the climax. Lovely. Anyway, any other suggestions um, for that? Will be a welcomely received. Can we the ball have... and acid. Yeah. Goodbye. Okay, he will continue to do this until you stop him. You just so to. you know. Because yeah. also, these things are not helping the goalkeeper, by the way, because mm. your hands are full of acid. Keep us a knife. So we've had an email from Josh Young. Uh, where at? Speaking of stopping you, where is the bloody email jingle, Petey? Look, I have been in touch with my jingle people once again this morning. He was made I promises paid, about email I've stories made promises, that weren't kept. Promises about email jingles that were not kept, and uh, we have negotiated a fee, one hundred and seventy dollars, for a repeat uh, offender. Yeah. Uh, some some repeat business, um, and it would it will be coming as soon as I've paid that invoice. All but right, not well, invoice me yet. Well, I believe you, but it has been a long old build-up, hasn't it? And what do you want me to do? Okay. I'm, I'm working, I'm we've working got, we've with a, a COVID-tinged uh, US jingle problem. Okay, it also right. took Pete four years to handle his expenses. <laughs> so if, it's, if that's anything to go by, I wouldn't Instantly went there. on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. Now, this email is... It's a long one, guys, just to gear you up, just to prepare you mentally. And it's from Josh Young. Thank you for emailing it. And the subject line is, do we need to kill football to save it? Well, you've come to the right place with that question, Josh. Uh, that doesn't mean giving keep it, the keeper a knife, Pete. No, Job, chop it in half and it might duplicate like a worm. <laughs> Hi, Ramble. This isn't intended as some kind of ridiculous time-wasting idea, like points for the FA Cup and winning halves and the rest of that crap. This is serious. Thank you, Josh. Very sensible. Uh, football Worldwide is in a precarious position now due to COVID-19 with no real sign of a plan for coming through it or what comes next. Even before the pandemic, we've seen evidence of the unsustainability of some football clubs such as Bury and my team Bolton in the last couple of seasons. Now, with no fans allowed for the time being, even rumours of League One and Two going into some sort of hibernation, it must be time for change. Okay. 
Mm. England has, from my knowledge, a larger football pyramid than most other countries in the world. Yeah. And while it was held up as a sign of how much we love football and how great we are at our game, inverted commas, perhaps it needs to be looked at and change is necessary. I've no evidence to base this on. Good man, Josh. (laughs) And from what I've heard Andy talk about on both the Ramble and on the continent, on the mailbag as well, it doesn't seem as though the smaller pyramids across Europe are having more success with dealing with the financial struggles. (laughs) That said, it's surely worth some consideration. We have such a small land mass. Hmm. Considering geography, nice. The amount of clubs... Uh, number of clubs that we have in our leagues maybe it's time to start thinking about merging teams in order to save our game whether this means we condense into having just two top leagues or maybe three at a push Mm. I know that the immediate reaction might be to argue against the suggestion due to the tradition of certain football clubs and also that's what we're here for um, and how good they are for the community but surely it's better to begin to merge clubs before they all go out of business surely having fewer clubs and merge teams means that the running of football in the country becomes more sustainable nobody knows what's going to happen and I feel this is as good a time as any to start tearing things apart in order to save what we love. Thank you, Josh. Mm, interesting email. Isn't I am it? exhausted, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, first of all, I would say good on Josh for actually suggesting something um, that dare not speak its name normally because mm. there are undoubtedly going to be some creative solutions needed to, 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 to navigate what is a very tricky time for football in this country. And I, I, I think... Um, I've been of the opinion over the last week or so that it's not, maybe even longer than that, it's not really been spoken about enough um, that football is in a pretty parlous state financially and it Mm. was before this pandemic and it continues to be and it will get worse. And before Jonathan Liu wrote something in The Guardian this morning, I hadn't really seen a huge amount of people talking about it to any great degree and great length. And if 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 you... if you listen to the radio and listen to the news and watch the news and all the rest of it, people like Rick Parry, other people are saying, this is, you know, we are going to need some kind of rescue package here. We're saying for this, for this sport to, to, to survive as we know it, mm. a rescue package is needed. Now, I don't know whether that's going to come from the top of the game or the government or whatever, but it is going to have to happen. Uh, and I think what Josh cuts to here is the core of the idea that it might be a decision that has to be made, whether clubs do merge or or do make a a decision that perhaps wouldn't be popular because the alternative is they won't exist at all mm. and that's that's a pretty unpalatable thing to be talking about on a football show because every single one of those clubs that exists not just in England but in Scotland and, and Wales and, and Northern Ireland and beyond as well are important to some people I mean yeah. they're, they're community focused places so they are really important whether they're a huge club or not so it's worrying and I think what it speaks to is the idea that it's very difficult in in modern society for for things to dominate the news cycle for very long. Like you look at what happens over in the US with what's happening politically and what's happening here with things like Brexit and everything like that. People just get fatigue of the mm. amount of news and they want something else to think about. But these problems when it comes to football and finances, they're not going away. So people need to prepare for them in some way. I mean, we know we've seen the salary caps in, introduced in, in some football league divisions, which has, of course, been immediately challenged by the PFA because they think they might be unlawful. So that's going to run and run. Mm. Um, it's loads to think about. And we can talk about the games and have fun talking about goals and all the rest of it. But ultimately these decisions are going to have to be made at some point well I mean if you look at like the way that the um, National League uh, level of, of, of club are uh, kind of at 
massive amounts of risk because the um, the leagues had to delay the start of their leagues until until people were allowed back into the stadiums. Yeah. Obviously, due to what might be argued a poor governmental response to COVID, yeah. um, the the clubs have been hung out to dry and they can't they can't restart their their season. So you know it's 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 a lack of a decent kind of um, administrative uh, response at a governmental level, and then looking at who has received financial bailouts from. Uh, the government as as a business, you know, you know, as a list as long as you're on Baker Hughes, a subsidiary of, of an American company, uh, I believe, um, six hundred million loan, despite having been sued by the HMRC recently uh, for for unpaid tax in the mm. last sixteen years. JCB, they got their six hundred million uh, loan uh, after donating money to, to to Boris Johnson. Chanel, owned by a company in the Caymans, got their six hundred mil, five billion, almost five billion pounds uh, have been handed out to companies uh, with links to tank, tax havens. Mm. Now. You know, so we can't let the government say that there's empty pockets when it comes to football league clubs. Certainly, football league clubs at, at the very least. And you know, you're looking at the way that uh, the British have kind of handled their kind of bailouts. It's not going to direct uh, companies. It's going to the banks that support uh, the loan mechanism uh, for, for for clubs. So clubs, you know, we're not giving you any money. We're not loaning you any money directly. But you can loan money from the banks that we are bailing out effectively. Right. So it ju- it doesn't it, it just kicks the can down the road six months. What, whatever they do, they need direct money, they need direct investment and it's, it's say, you know 100, 200 clubs uh, below, the, below the Premier League that, that need that help, I, it's not a, it's not an it's not a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of things when you're looking at you know throwing you know 600 million here here, here there and everywhere to to, 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 to companies that aren't even and, and, and what, what could be argued to be more culturally significant in this country than football there's there's not I mean to a certain class of people that that a massive that, that, class, that, a that, massive that government that that government has historically not not necessarily. But I, I, being but that. I, th- I think it's more than that, though. I, I think if you look at it, it's, 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 it's counterintuitive to think. But I'm far as far as I know, I'm, I think I'm right in saying that the tendencies overall until um, COVID came in, year on year, were in, were, were were increasing, mm. and, and people were watching more and more football live than they ever had before, despite prices being high. Uh, and there could be a number of different reasons for that. Well, it was and, also partly to do with people being encouraged to, or people wanting as well to go to non-league even people sure. lower down the pyramid sure. women's football stuff that's cheap right that yeah. you can take your kids to and you can buy a hashtag United yeah <laughs> but they're, like, I mean, they're, they're a community club they're yeah. a community based no. club I mean they're, 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 they're doing an amazing thing in my opinion I, I also think it's worth pointing out something that we haven't mentioned in this discussion yet which is the idea that for all the clubs below the Premier League of course, gate receipts and match day revenue is is of much bigger significance mm. because the TV deals aren't as pricey. So they're going to be disproportionately affected when compared to Premier League clubs as well. But but yeah, it's hard it's hard to know based on what you said there, Pete. If the government aren't showing any um, any um, inclination to sorry to, to 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 invest in things like the arts, mm. then also not they're not they're not doing it in football because I think people think of football and they think of the very top of football mm. the same way they think of actors are really well paid. Well, they're not because ninety nine percent of actors don't earn anything. Yeah. And it's probably the same with footballers. League two footballers aren't wealthy. No, not not in the grand scheme why, of things. Why why can't the FA just supply a uh, a fairly rudimentary and simple um, three camera broadcasting system? Uh, for 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 a web based kind of um, subscription solution, for example, mm. for next, it would take three cameras, a laptop, a mixing system, and 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 a website for you to uh, purchase, and that could be an off the peg solution where you can watch your club ten quid a pop uh, just to see you through the the, the rest of the uh, the rest of the. Web I was under the impression most places had that. They do in the, the league. In the league, but the, there's the, so b- you were going below is, the league, yeah. and, with, and there's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's a lot of things. You know, I'm sure I don't know if you guys would have done, but a lot of kind of non league commentary gigs that. You 
you can do. Like there's a hell of a lot of clubs doing, mm. you know, when you're coming up trying to work in football, there's a hell mm. of a lot of clubs trying to uh, get their sport out to as many people as they right. can. I mean, the thing that concerns me really is that, that the attitude or the response to some of these questions seems to have been from the government the Premier League needs to be responsible for supporting the rest of the football pyramid, yeah. which smacks a little bit of what we got at the start of the pandemic, which was, oh, you know, why aren't these footballers who've got loads of money mm. helping with charitable causes? Yeah. And it's like the answer is they actually are, yeah. but it's much easier to have a pop at those guys than it is yeah, to yeah. actually try and work on something yourselves. Now, mm. Look, I don't know. There are plenty of people who are working extremely hard at difficult issues, both within government and obviously within the Premier League, trying to presumably having these conversations. But it does seem, you know, it's not quite the same comparison to say like, oh, Amazon aren't trying to support local grocers and mm. all that sort of stuff because it's of benefit to the Premier League for these clubs to survive mm. because, the you know, the football pyramid supports itself and, and builds up to the pinnacle of it. Mm. Whereas I guess if Amazon puts a grocer or a bookshop out of business it's like mm. quids in what mm. a good idea I, th- I think amazon have made i mean it's, i think it's pretty um pretty low but they have made a contribution to sure. local business and stuff i mean that, that obviously i understand that's not the point you're making i think for me though kate it's the principle of it which is that this is an unprecedented situation we can all accept that and this is never this is not something we've ever had to experience before mm. and what's really indicative is how how people initially react to that now if they react to it by saying let's get together and work out some solutions here then you can say okay people are trying their best if their reaction is as you've alluded to kate which is i agree with where you start pointing the finger and say well, it's their responsibility it's their mm. responsibility and it's theirs it's not ours that's not the way we're going to get through this. The way we're going to get through this is to collaborate and make a decision as a group about how we can help people who need this help a lot more than we do. And if people aren't going to take responsibility at government level, at Premier League level, at whatever level, it's not going to be solved. And the reality is going to be that these clubs, who, by the way, were already in a parlous financial yeah, state before yeah. this came along, and they were already going out of business. And I saw firsthand the way the community was affected when it happened with Portsmouth, who are very, very fortunate yeah. to still be a football club. It's made that absolutely clear. You know, they stiffed through the mechanisms they used. They stiffed St. John's Ambulance. They stiffed local businesses. Yeah. They stiffed all these things because they had to, because otherwise they wouldn't have existed anymore. These are tough decisions that have to be made. And when you extrapolate that out across not just one or two clubs, not just a Bury, a Bolton and a Portsmouth, but across 25 clubs, it's going to change the football landscape in its entirety and mm. it will affect every single professional club in this country, no matter how big they are. And I just sometimes feel like human beings generally aren't very good at planning for what's going to happen. They're much better at reacting to something after it's happened. And that's why, the, for example... The measures weren't taken ahead of a pandemic, even though every single scientific body was saying this is the biggest threat to our society. It wasn't happening. So roll on climate change. <laughs> well, exactly. It's another great example. So there's a, these are big, big questions to be solved. I'm not suggesting us on the Ramble can solve them, but we should raise awareness for them because I don't think it's being talked about enough, and it affects a huge amount of people listening to this show today. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Well, I mean, we've come a long way, really, from your letter, Josh, and it's. Um, mm. It's interesting, of course, that Josh is a supporter of, of Bolton who know yeah. about this more than any... Or, well, good on Josh for starting the conversation. Yeah, with exactly. Us. Yeah, so thank you so much for emailing shirtfootballramble.com. Uh, I, I like, I like Kate, that you brought up that, um, you know, some people, some presenters at first uh, kind of commentary gigs are on in lower league football. Yeah. So we should, yeah, do, pro bono. We should do pro bono commentary, commentary work yeah. in many ways, yeah. Yeah, you get Dawson. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> that's, that's Chris Kamara. That's Chris Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I love Chris, but that is what he's it's like. Chris, Chris Kamara and Robbie Savage. I mean, no. Robbie Savage signed the letter, didn't he? He uh, did, yeah. With uh, Greg Dyke and yeah. uh, 
I believe he is. I believe he's reasonably active in a couple of the clubs mm. close to him. I think. Yeah. Robbie Savage. I think so. Yeah. Credit to Robbie Savage. When he's not, when he's not buying pause, trainers. Causing a bit of credit yeah. under Robbie Savage. Got his little crown. He, he hates me and Pete, so I'm the bigger mm. man here by saying. Kid <laughs> me. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, like Robbie, why are you still listening? That's a really weird <laughs> thing to oh, be doing. He will be listening. He's Same like, reason why guy. Tim Lovejoy yeah. usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pete got approached by Tim Lovejoy once, didn't you, Pete? Did I get approached? You you, you did. That sounds yeah. like. Didn't you say someone? someone didn't you say that we heard? I heard. Oh, sorry, a friend yeah. of a friend that I shall not reveal. Uh, why did they hate me? Yeah, why the Rumble? Rumble? We don't hate yeah. him. I hate him. He's very, very popular. I just think he's rubbish. Um, before, before we go, um, I presume we are going to go at some point, Kate. Um, if we, I know it was discussed yesterday that Ottoman... we've got to do this pro bono um, commentary. <laughs> exactly, so actually, yeah. we do, we do it from here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the other guys suggest that Nicholas Otamendi is going to leave Manchester City. Yeah. They didn't discuss his tattoos. Have we discussed his tattoos on this show? Mm, I feel as though it done, must yeah. have happened at some stage. He's got a. A very ornate tattoo of Walter White on his back. Yeah. From Breaking Bad. Yes. It is dog shit. And is it a Viking as well? And I think he the might have... from Vikings and a Picky Blinder. Has he, got, <laughs> has he got Conor McGregor on his back? Stop uh, it. No, no that's not Conor McGregor. That's, that's it a looks Viking. A bit like Conor it looks like, yeah. And he's got who? Peaky Blinders. He's got your Peaky favorite? Blinder. Pete goes to Peaky Blinders convention. I do, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Is that why I, you're dressed like that today? I'm the Peaky Blinders. By order of the Peaky Blinders, yeah. By order of the Peaky Blinders. Oh, are they, where are they? Are they Brum, aren't they? Brum, Sounds aren't they? a bit yeah, like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somewhere anyway, there, yeah. Okay. But he's not only got the, the Viking character. I don't know who it is, because who the heck fuck watches that? Um, but he's got the word Vikings written on top, like the logo. Has <laughs> he actually? Incredible. I have seen that bit. Yeah. So, so they did the Viking tattoo and this. What do you think? Do you think people definitely know it's a Viking? <laughs> Just put Vikings uh, across the bottom. Well, they're very, I mean, they're very accurate, but I mean... Wow, they're... Uh, How do you uns- mean very I mean, accurate? I mean, they're uh, accurate depictions of, of what it's supposed to be. Oh, I see. It's lovely artistry, is what mm. you're saying. I, oh, think, yeah, I think the Walter White one looks good. Yeah. I would never have it, but it looks good. It looks accurate. You're not going to go for a full back tattoo of the whole of the Ramble cast? I've got too much of a fat back. Well, Ottomendi... <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that helpful? More space. More space, more, space, yeah, space, yeah, more real estate. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> let, uh, real estate. They won't be called it real estate. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think he's got some mad shit on his back to detract from the fact uh, his left tit is a bear and his right tit is a, is a lion. Show me that again. Would we call those tits? Yeah. Boobies. I th- I think boobs. we're very brave at a microphone, but Nicholas Otamendi would pound us into oh dust. God, he would, yeah. If he was here, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He'd make us kiss his lion and bear. Yeah. From the sounds of things, you wouldn't I would, mind. I would do that. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I would do that. Seems like I'd you'll... lick every bit of Nicholas Otamendi. <laughs> every last inch. Kate, as again, again, he will continue he will to continue. do this. <laughs> So I just like to offer apologies to uh, Robbie Savage, Tim Lovejoy and Nicholas Otamendi and to you, dear listeners. Mm. Thank you for staying with us on tomorrow's show. It is Jules, Andy and Vish. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. You're not allowed to say goodbye, Pete. I've been Kate Mason. Bye. (laughs) This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 